Hey y'all and welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Madeline Moon, and I am delighted for another amazing episode of the show. Today we're talking with Megan Roosevelt. She's a plant-based registered dietitian as well as the founder and CEO of Healthy Grocery Girl. She is an internationally published author, web TV host and producer, as well as a nutrition expert for television and magazines. Megan has over three years of regular television experience as a nutrition expert. Her work has been featured on ABC, CBS, Own, Shape, Health, Prevention, Real Simple, The Huffington Post, and Origin Magazine, to name a few. Healthy Grocery Girl provides online and free cooking videos, quick and easy recipes, healthy lifestyle products, and a nutrition membership website that helps people cook, shop, and eat healthy in a way that is realistic, fun, and delicious. Megan is one of my inspirations. I say this about a few people on this podcast, and that's the amazing thing about having a podcast. You can have all your inspirations on there. But needless to say, she is an entrepreneur uh, inspiration. She, I really look up to all the great stuff she's doing. You know, she's an author. She is a TV host. She created a program. She's created products. She's everywhere and she manages to do it with a smile on her face. She's just so sweet and cute. And I'm really excited to have her on this um, podcast episode for all of y'all to hear. This podcast is brought to you by Stella Bars. Let me ask you a question. Do you ever find yourself hungry in between your meals, but you have no idea what to reach for because you have no idea what's allergen friendly, what secret chemicals or ingredients are hidden inside of bars? Well, I've had that problem quite a few times, especially now that I'm having to deal with my IBS symptoms and I am so very fragile in the gut when it comes to different kinds of bars that I can eat. So a lot of my favorite bars I've had to cut out of the um, day-to-day equation of what I get to eat. And that's been okay. I've been fine. But recently I've been introduced to the Stella Bar, which is a natural goodness of plant foods. And it's very gentle on your body and gives you the nutrition that your body actually craves. The bars are also soy-free, dairy-free, non-GMO, plant-based, and vegan. Their debut bar is the Chocolate Peanut Butter Bar, made with organic peanut butter, organic peanuts, organic cacao chips, pea protein, organic dates, organic quinoa, and a pinch of cinnamon. Megan, who reached out to me about the bars, is a podcast listener, and she's the creator of Stella Bars. She was inspired to make her own nutritional bars because she could never find one that had all of the right stuff of a highly nutritious snack bar. She knew that she probably was not the only one who felt this way, and voila, the creation of Stella Bars. Many people are busy in reaching for snacks that are just quick and convenient, even if they have to sacrifice the nutrition aspect of it. I mean, we've all been there before where we're on the road, or we're just looking in the kitchen hungry for something but not quite mealtime. She was tired of having to make that sacrifice, so she decided to create her own bars named after her beloved pup, and she is proud to be able to give people the important plant-based nutrition through her Stella Bars. Megan also gave us and all of my listeners of the show a discount 
for 20% off of the bars until September 30th of this year, 2015. So if you want to go ahead and try these bars out, you can visit stellabars.com and enter the coupon code MINDBODY to receive 20% off. If you want to see what else Stella Bars is up to, you can follow them on Facebook at facebook.com slash stellabarsboston to get more information about their new bars and all the exciting news and things that they're up to. I really, truly do love these bars. I've had several people reach out to me for sponsorships of the show, but I really want to make sure that whatever I present to you is something that I love, something that I use and I eat, um, and that I know is a great company. And this company is a, a new one, and so my heart already is out there for them, just killing it in this world of bars. I know that's not the easiest thing to do, but Stella bars taste better than any of the other bars that I've honestly had. And I could list you off a whole bunch of names of bars that I eat that are healthy and non-GMO and all this, but none of them taste as rich, I think, as Stella bars. They taste very, they're very dense. Um, They're almost, I wouldn't quite say chewy, but they have that delicious thickness Um, And it's chocolate and peanut butter, so who doesn't love that? So go head on over to StellaBars.com and check them out so that you can try out these amazing bars with me. And for the review of the week, this one is coming from Science, Saucery, and Skepticism. And this is actually, this was written in 2014, so I'm going really far back from this one but it says not a podcast for final solutions but for figuring it out along the way with five stars i love this podcast as many does not pretend to be some diet guru who has it all figured out this podcast is like you're following along with maddie as she goes deeper into her own issues for this reason the questions she asks are often exactly the questions her listeners want to know in this way she fulfills a very unique niche among the current popular health podcasts keep it up Yay! Thank you! That's such a sweet review. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. That's funny you say that because that's exactly how I try to present the questions that I ask the people that come on the show. I think, what would I want to have known three, four, five years ago when I was going through all this? What were the questions running through my head? And it's just too easy to be able to pull those questions back out and know exactly what I would ask because it hits so close to home. So without further ado, I have no more announcements for today's show. I just want to head on over so you can hear Megan's great wisdom. And do check out her nutrition membership website after you listen to this show. If you decide to investigate further, let her know that you found out about her website and her program from this podcast because that's awesome. All right, here we go. Welcome to the Mind Body Musings podcast. The show for everyone and anyone that is ready to break free from the dogmatic chains of the health and fitness industry and create their own life free from restrictions. Now, introducing your host, Madeline Moon, a former fitness model gone sane and the author of the popular self-love book, The Perfection Myth. If you dig the show and you're looking for more insight on how to stop food and exercise from controlling your life, check out her website, maddiemoon.com, and grab your free guide. If you're ready to end dieting once and for all, it's time you learn how to pursue real health instead. Enjoy the show. 
Well, hello, Miss Megan. Welcome to the podcast. It is such a pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. So just for a little background information for everyone listening, um, Megan is someone that I was looking up to greatly back in the day when I was doing my moon fitness site, which feels like forever ago, and it technically was around three years ago. But I reached out to her because her um, business, The Healthy Grocery Girl, it was such an inspiration for me. And when I was really struggling, thinking that I could make it as an entrepreneur, I didn't really know what it would entail, like how in the world do you go about making your own path, And how do you handle criticism? Because that definitely comes along with being an entrepreneur. I reached out to Megan. She gave me some insight. And ever since then, I've just really been enjoying following her work. And it is just such a pleasure to actually have her on the show and be able to um, have some face-to-face interaction for the first time ever. (laughs) I agree. Well, I'm very honored to be on your podcast. So what we first do on the show is give some background information, share with us your story. You can go into as great detail as you want, but give us some insight because there's even some things about um, your background that I wasn't even sure of, such as like eating disorder and um, Mm -hmm. just how it all evolved to become the plant-based dietitian you are today. Sure. Well, I'll try to keep this short. (laughs) Um, But so basically, I guess going back to when I noticed, I guess was aware of my health, like I always was just a very carefree uh, person, didn't really care about what I look like, didn't care about what I ate, was very confident and happy. Um, And then in high school and college is when I had kind of like my first relationship and that person broke up with me and it was the first time uh, that I really experienced rejection. And I didn't like it. I thought, oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? If somebody that I really love doesn't love me, I must change. And so that's the first time that I started, I guess, uh, wanting to look different and worrying about what I ate. Um, And it really just kind of developed into this eating disorder that then no longer really eventually became about how I looked or what I ate, but became this kind of control mechanism where Um, If somebody said something to me that upset me or if I was feeling feelings I didn't like, I could um, eat or not eat to just kind of numb those feelings. And anybody that's had an eating disorder knows how complicated it is. It's not very simple and it's very emotional and lonely and sad. But I struggled with an eating disorder for many years through high school and college because I'd go through phases of struggling and then feeling like I was normal or I wasn't struggling and then I would kind of relapse. But it was about in college when I um, switched my major at that time from pre-nursing to dietetics. Um, I was really interested in nutrition probably because I was so obsessed with food. Um, But it was kind of a blessing in disguise because I really actually was able to really learn about the body and really learn about food and um, how to actually nourish myself. And I had some um, pretty big health scares in college. um, And I just, I had to kind of get real with myself. I think this saying is overused, but I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I just, I had no energy to hang out with people and I just had low self-esteem and it just was a miserable way to live. And one of the health scares that I had was maybe the question of if you continue to uh, be so you know underweight and uh, not having your menstrual cycle, this could maybe affect your fertility down the road. And I've always wanted to be a mom and that's kind of a light bulb that went off. I wasn't thinking about the future when I was making those present choices and I was thinking like, you know, this just isn't worth it. Like I don't want to be 10 years down the road and not being able to have children. So I really, it was kind of the first time that I had to step outside of my bubble and think big picture. And um, so, you know, there's lots of different things that have gone on that have helped me 
get out of an eating disorder, but, you know, having a bigger purpose, a bigger meaning in life, things I was focusing on other than myself helped me to not think about myself as much and kind of um, get out of that. So anyways, I, I struggled with an eating disorder. Over the years, I was able to um, to overcome my eating disorder and get to a place now where it feels like a completely different person. I'm eat very healthy. I don't have food issues or anything like that. Um, but being that I've, I've been in a place of unhealth, um, I became very passionate about helping other people with health. And I've always been very driven. Um, initially, I wanted to be a doctor. Like, if I'm going to go for some field, I'm going to do the max and the best that I can do in that field. Um, and so, you know, but then I realized once I started getting out of college that I was like, I'm, I really like being creative and I don't feel like I can be that way in a hospital setting. So I was like, man, what, a, what is it that I love to do? And I really love talking with people about nutrition and helping them. And I really loved grocery shopping and seeing what was in people's pantries. So when I first started my business, it was all service-based. Um, and I would just coach people and give them grocery tours and do what we call healthy kitchen makeovers, where I would go into people's homes and help them cleanse out things that weren't so supportive of their health goals. Um, and I did that for the first couple of years of my business. It was service-based, but I just felt um, that I was limited to how many people that I could help. I could only run around and see so many people in one day, and I wanted to reach more people. So I reached out to our local uh, news station and pitched them many times before someone finally emailed me back, and I got uh, my first uh, television segment in Portland, Oregon, on our morning, uh, there was a morning show there, and that went really well, and they asked me back and back, and I became a regular, and then I started doing um, the news segments there, so I did that for about three years, uh, about three segments a month, and from there, I realized I love media, like I love television, it's such a powerful way to reach so many people, um, and so that's really evolved into everything else that I've done. Uh, we really transitioned our business. I still do a little bit of coaching, but our main business now is mostly digital. We have members. We have a member site on our web website uh, all over the world. We produce uh, cooking and lifestyle videos that we can, you know, reach all over the world. And then I continue to do work um, in television and magazines. Again, just trying to help and reach as many people as possible. So I think my journey there is I just, you know, I personally know what it's like to not be healthy and I want to help other people overcome that so they can really live their best life. So this is something really interesting and the way you said it is perfect that these eating disorders are really complex. So when you said that you went to school and you were really, you were really interested in learning about nutrition and the science behind it and all the information helped you with your eating disorder, do you find that for some people it's actually the opposite and the more knowledge they receive about it, the worse they feel and the, the deeper they get into their eating disorder. And I ask this because that's kind of how it was for me when I, I started out extremely interested in nutrition. Like whenever I was in high school, I was um, very interested in ethical rights for animals, actually. But that turned into an obsession of avoiding foods. And then I, too, went to school for dietetics. And then I eventually got out of it because the same thing, I didn't want to be in a hospital. But for me, it wasn't like, do it anyways and see where the path takes you. I was like, oh, a hospital is my only choice. I got to get out now because that's pretty much what they told me. I didn't really mm -hmm. understand you can take a different path at the time. Um, so I got out of that. But it's probably for the better for me because I find that information overload um, makes me want to stick to rules more. So I'm curious if this was ever for you or if naturally and intuitively you just got more excited the more you read and learned. 
Yeah, I mean, that's a really good question. I think that it's kind of like the WebMD syndrome, right? Where if you start Googling all your symptoms, you suddenly, you know, you either have the common cold or you have cancer. <laughs> and so it's just sometimes like having too much information can kind of freak you out. And um, yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I, I study nutrition a lot, um, but I think I'm very self-aware and I, I know myself very well. And so I know if I'm starting to have those little eating disorder voices again or little things that kind of creep up where I know like, eh, I think you're being a little obsessive about that or I think you're overthinking that. And so, you know, I think one thing that's really helpful to not have an eating disorder and to be healthy and balanced and not feel like you're on a diet, you're, you don't really have to follow any super strict rules, like you're just eating well and eating the foods you love and being kind to yourself is being aware of the way that you think and being able to call yourself out if you think maybe you're obsessing about this a little too much and you should just relax a little bit. Um, so I think for me anyways, personally, it's just being self-aware, not letting myself get to that extreme again. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think that is such an important quality to be able to understand your body that well and your mind when you're leading towards mm -hmm. those tendencies. The hard thing is when people don't quite understand that concept of being aware because that, that mm -hmm. in itself is kind of difficult is it's when you start, you know, second guessing your motives and you don't even know, mm -hmm. like, am I, am I eating more plants because I want to eat more plants or am I avoiding meat because I want to avoid meat? You know, it's like the same sure. thing, but it's two different mindsets. So being able to understand your own body and know what's your motive behind that, is that something that you ever struggle with, like with clients, not like wanting to steer them in the right direction that's for them, but it kind of seems like they don't have any idea what awareness is and how to even get started with that? Definitely. And it's, you can't make someone aware, like people have to fall into that in their own journey at their own time. And so, you know, I can give people all the tools and resources and knowledge in the world, but they have their own health journey and their own path that they have to go down for them to actually get to that place. Some people, they may never get to that place, which is sad. And some people, it's just on their own timing. Um, but yeah, I definitely see that with clients. And it's hard because you want to help people. But the truth is, as a healthcare professional, you can't fix other people. You know, they have to really want to fix themselves. Oh, that's so true. That's so true. Um, okay, so when it comes to recovery from any kind of disordered eating, what top tips would you give someone that's starting out with recovery and figuring out this awareness thing? Um, and just trying to get rid of the either yo-yo dieting mindset or just the need rules to cope with life mechanism. <laughs> sure. Um, I think I kind of touched on this a little bit before, but one thing that really helped me was finding something bigger than me. So a couple things that worked for me, I'm a person of faith. And so having, you know, my relationship with God, having, uh, I could pray. I could have something that I felt so I wasn't just like alone. That was really important for me, um, feeling like I had some strength that I can rely on. Also, like I said, wanting to have children. Um, I wasn't at the time having my business, but today my business is something that's bigger than me that I can focus my energy on. And at the end of the day, it's like, ah, maybe I'm, you know, I don't fit in the same pants I did in high school, but like I help people and I did some cool stuff today. And at the end of the day, that's so much more meaningful than what size jeans you wear. So I think that having like 
things that are bigger that excite you and fill you with all these wonderful emotions, like if you can put your energy towards that, that's the kind of stuff that pulls you out of the muck of the energy that you put towards obsessing about food and what you look like and should I eat this or should I not. And um, I think that's what's helped me is just having things in my life that are bigger than myself. That's so beautiful. And I stand by that 100%. What I like to say is that it gives you that same sense of high, but a positive high. Because like Mm -hmm. sometimes whenever you are so, when you're so used to having food rules and like a clean eating obsession, that makes you feel safe. And every time you count your calories and you're right on track, you get a high. You know, for some people, as ridiculous Mm -hmm. as that may sound, that is very true. Like you can get that high, but it's not a helpful high. It's a high that brings you down. It's Definitely. not a good high. It's not a high that like s- keeps you going for the next day, gives you more energy, makes you excited to wake up in the morning. It's a high that still yeah. is trapping you. So it's Definitely. about finding a high, like a slash coping mechanism that lifts you up, you know, thrills you, gives you that greater sense of being. And for me, it was it's it was my business for sure. And mm-hmm. I love that you said God and your relationship with God, because that, too, was something that. I had to greatly, I had to greatly focus on when I was going through my transition, when I first moved away from home and, you know, started over clean, fresh plate, I really had to pray a lot and I had to really get invested in my relationship with God because, you know, the thing that, and I don't talk about this all too much on the show, but I'm going to open up about this. Something that I really had to often do was just remember that my body, it doesn't impress God. My body doesn't make him think, wow, like she's definitely, man, I did good work on her. Like she is awesome. That's exactly how I wanted her to turn out. I could be the thinnest person. I could be the fittest person. I could be the best at clean eating, but there's no way that I'm ever going to impress, you know, God at all. And why am I working so hard to impress people on this earth when they're Mm -hmm. human? They're not perfect. They're going to die one day. They're doing their own thing. They're in their own head. They're not looking at me. But for me, I was putting so much focus on trying to prove my worth to myself with my body and my food and not resting knowing I don't have to do anything. That's like one of the most uncomfortable but also freeing feelings is realizing that you don't have to prove yourself to yourself. You don't have to prove yourself to your friends or to your family or to strangers. And you don't have to prove yourself to God. It's just you be you. You live. You survive. You do your thing. You, you know, try to be as you know, good as a person, a kind of person as you can, and all is well. Like, that's all, and it's so kind of scary and it makes you doubt that that's is that really seriously all I have to do you know just be mm-hmm. me and and then and then the door is open to all those possibilities once you can finally put away those things bringing you down you have so much free time you're like wow now I have all this time to to create something I want to create it makes me feel alive and then you go explore totally and I think you know it's it's interesting because there are the more that we want to do like amazing great things in the world, the more we're going to be attacked, the more struggles we may endure. And I think that you know, having if there's areas in our life that can be strongholds on us, whether it's worrying about food, worrying about how we look, overthinking, people pleasing, that's just a way to keep us like distracted and in bondage from really moving forward and the things that can make a difference. Like you said, imagine if you didn't. Oh, if if you stopped overthinking (laughs) and if you stopped worrying about what you're going to eat or what you're going to wear and all of that and channeling that energy into like awesomeness, like you said, it's freeing. You suddenly have like, I have an extra hour in a day or I'm not so tired at the end of the day. Um, So yeah, you're really right on with that. 
And this is funny. It's another thing that I've kind of noticed about myself. Um, whenever I start getting doubtful in my business or whenever I put out something into the universe, the space of the online world, and it gets just hammered down, torn apart, um, and, you know, I have that pang of insecurity or just worry, fear, things kind of start to get shaky. Like I don't feel as uh, driven or as inventive and I'm kind of just like, well, I suck, you know, and I get in this terrible mindset and I have sometimes, and I'm going to be totally honest. Sometimes I'm just like, well, maybe I should just go count my calories. (laughs) And it's so, it's awesome because now I'm like, I snap right out of it because I'm, I can see that now, you know, it's so, it's so easy now to identify it's so easy now to see and know, oh, that's not healthy. That's so funny. That's like putting a bandaid on a broken bone. It's going to do nothing for me. So why don't I go tackle the real problem, go uh, either avoid the comments that are tearing me apart or create something else that makes me feel wonderful. Remember my words are enough. Go read like the emails people send me saying that you're helping. There are all these things to get you out of that funk instead of just turning to the one thing that you know is not going to help you. And it's different for everybody. Everyone has a different thing that they know will help them get out, whether it's like a walk or it's painting or it's talking to your partner about what you're going through that you're struggling with. That is such a better way to go than turning to something like restriction and rules and eat overeating or just eating to the point where you're numb and full and sad and depressed. That helps nothing. So it's just making that first move of accepting where you are, accepting that's your body's natural coping mechanism, but then knowing that you have a whole library of other options and just trying to turn to one the next time that you feel like you're under attack and you're panicking, you could just turn to any one of those things and then start exploring. And so back to you know what I was trying to say, I love that you've really found your passion with the media. And I remember watching you on the news. I don't know if it was the very first one, but I remember you posted something on YouTube forever ago and I watched it and I was just like, wow, that's so cool. I want to be like her. That's so neat. She's killing it. She does not scared of being on the TV because I feel like I would be so nervous. But I think it's you're su- such a natural at getting up there and just I mean, it's you're passionate and you can tell, you can see that through the, the TV screen. Thank you. I think it's interesting that I've chosen media because if we go back to my first, I guess, experience is rejection, really big pain in my life. And I was like, man, the thing that I'm the most afraid of is the thing that I'm running towards. Like, I hate rejection. Nobody likes to be rejected. It just makes you feel horrible. But I daily put myself in a situation where I am constantly rejected. I get no's all the time for opportunities and things and media. I mean, one, television, but YouTube, where we put all our videos, people can tell you immediately after they watch your video what they think of you. Mm -hmm. Your hair looks weird or you speak funny or like just strange things that you're like, sweet, thanks. (laughs) And it just, it does it almost like you put all this energy into this video and you're like, yeah, this is great. And then somebody makes some off comment that just depletes you. And then you're like, really? But you just, you know, I always say, you know what? The first time I got a negative comment, I had to think to myself, I've arrived. Like people I don't know are taking time to say negative things about me on the internet. It's no longer just my friends and family and my grandma leaving positive, nice comments. And anybody that's made any difference in the world has never gotten there without people judging them and saying negative things to them. So just it, I I had to accept that this comes with the job. This is the territory. If I want to go into this industry and this field, I got to be able to just be able to brush that stuff off and not take it personal. And at the end of the day, 
everybody knows this, but people that cyberbully and are negative online, really like they're the ones that are hurting and I just try to pray for them. I never respond to their comments and I just, I hope that they have a change of heart down the road. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great way to look at it. I posted something recently um, on Mind Body Green about orthorexia and what it is. And it's so, it's just so interesting to me because like one person commented on it and was like, I'm not even going to take the time to read this, like, you know, cuss, 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 cuss. <laughs> like, you didn't even read it. Like, you're reading it, you didn't even read it. And you're just like tearing it apart and left a super long comment about how all of this is just from reading the title. Like, just, it's the mm-hmm. most, it's made up, it's stupid, it's ridiculous. We're trying to put a label on everything these days. Why do we got to bash healthy eating? Like thinking that I'm talking about healthy eating as if it's like a negative thing, which is not what I was saying. Obviously, you didn't read it. You know, it's like you didn't even read it. But it's so true. You just have to brush it off. And but what I always think is that, you know, there's that one person out there that needed so badly to read that. They needed so badly to watch that video. They needed so badly to to feel like you could relate to them. And that one person out there makes it all worth it. Even if there's like 15 people that say, you know, this looks funny, that looks funny. By the way, your hair is freaking amazing and beautiful (laughs) and you have the whitest teeth I've ever seen. Not, you know, just throwing that out there. Thanks. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I I get that. I get that. But I love what you have to say about it. Um, Okay, so the next thing that I would like to ask you about is how you fell into being a plant-based dietitian. Sure. So like you said, because you were going to school for dietetics, um, I didn't really know anything else other than like you can work in a hospital, you can work outpatient, you could work in dialysis. Like I thought, you know, dietetics to me was still in that medical world because I wanted to be a doctor. Like I wanted to be in the medical space. I had no idea that I could be doing what I'm doing with my degree. And but as a dietitian, we have to do a lot of continuing ed credits to keep our credentials. And so you know, we are very trained in dietetic school to go into that traditional medicinal space and we need dietitians like that and w- good for them that there's people with brains and skills to be a, like a hospital dietitian because like I couldn't do it. I'm not good at math. Like I don't know. So we need those type of dietitians. But for me, you know, I like the creativity and so I'm in, in a great place for where I am now. But doing continuing education, the more I researched and researched, I just started, you know, finding so much great information out there about the benefits of eating plant-based. And, um, you know, a lot of times when I have, like, coaching clients and things like that, you know, a lot of people want the short term. They want to lose weight or they want more energy. And while I can help people with that, I'm very invested in helping people in the long term as well. So I don't want to just help you lose 10 pounds. I would also like to help you, like, not get diabetes and not have cancer. And so, you know, again, a lot of times people, especially when we're younger, we don't think about how our choices are affecting us in the future. Um, It's not till like, 30, 40, 50 that people are like, hmm, maybe I should make some changes. So, you know, for me, it was seeing, you know, going to a lot of seminars, going to a lot of workshops, reading a lot of books, a lot of, um, you know, uh, scientific research studies and seeing so many benefits of eating plant-based. And to me, it was just a no-brainer. It was like, if we can eat certain foods and it would help change our cellular, you know, makeup, it would help us prevent getting these conditions or it can why would we not at least explore eating this way? And it's not that you have to be perfect. I think one thing about what I, one reason why I'm a plant-based dietitian and I'm not a vegan dietitian um, is because plant-based is not necessarily vegan. It's based in plants. So you don't have to be vegan to be plant-based. 
And I think that that very concept is freeing because vegan to me is very black and white. And um, I think also in the vegan community, I, not everybody's this way, but there are some people in the vegan community who I think are a little negative, a little extreme, and it's not sometimes a warm, friendly environment. If you, if you eat honey, you're no longer vegan. <laughs> and I just, that to me would quickly too much, that too much extreme reminds me too much of an eating disorder. And the plant-based world to me seems kind. It seems flexible. It seems about eating, you know, what you want to eat and what you enjoy and what's good for you. And I think that that is one mentally and emotionally and physically a very healthy way to live and eat. Um, but there's so many benefits to eating plant-based. And so that's kind of why I went into being a plant-based dietitian. I think that it's flexible. I think it's incredibly nourishing. I think it's fantastic that eating that way can prevent disease um, and also help. It just helps. I mean, if you have a checklist of, of major things that a lot of Americans struggle with, eating more real whole foods and eliminating a lot of the processed and the chemicals and all of that is going to make such a difference. And it's just, so to me, it was like, it was just a no brainer. Like we should all be eating this way. We don't have to eat perfect. You don't have to be vegan, but we should all be eating more plant-based foods. So here are the two things that I have a feeling a lot of my listeners will be thinking about right now. First of all, um, protein. What do you have to say about getting enough protein in your diet, eating plant-based? And then mm -hmm. second of all, transitioning to eating more carbohydrates because plant-based it's, you know, that obviously based in eating a lot of carbohydrates. Um, how do you get over, if you've been living with a sense of fear towards carbohydrates, thinking mm -hmm. that carbs, you know, can only be eaten before a workout and after workout, how do you transition either mentally into knowing it's okay, like it's plants, um, and, and physically, if, if someone's been eating very rigid, eating very structured with their carbohydrates, um, physically speaking, what would you say about just allowing yourself to open up the doors to eating whatever plants, as many plants as you want, and having that freedom, or do you suggest doing it a different way? Um, sure. So there's a couple questions there. Um, so first of all, on the uh, question about protein, most Americans are so over-obsessed with protein. Protein is actually the, if we're looking at our macronutrients, carbs, fat, and protein, this is just a really rough breakdown. It's going to vary, you know, but the average healthy American, about 50% of your daily intake should come from carbs, about 30% from fat, and 20% 20, 20 from protein. So protein is actually the least macronutrient we need to worry about, yet it's pushed all the time. Everyone thinks they're protein deficient, and most Americans are getting more protein than they need. And if you have too much protein, it doesn't just automatically turn into muscle. Too many calories in general can get stored as fat. It's hard on your liver. Um, it's just, you know, it's not good for your kidneys. So too much protein is not necessarily like a good thing. And you can absolutely get all the protein you need in a day from a plant-based diet. Of course, you want just like any, and I say diet, it's not a diet, but you know, diet just means the foods that you eat. But um, it's any way that you eat, you still have to be mindful to make sure you get all the nutrients that you eat. You could be a, not a vegan and eat meat and all these other things and still be lacking in the nutrients that you need. Um, and so you can definitely get all you know your, your protein needs from a plant-based diet. You just want to be, you want to educate yourself. And that's one reason why we have our membership site of our website is for people who want more of that information. We have meal plans, tons of education, 
tons of resources for people that actually want to learn and understand how do I transition into eating plant-based in a very balanced and realistic way. And so, you know, one of those things is just learning, like what are good sources of plant-based protein? Oh my gosh, I didn't know one cup of lentils has 19 grams of protein. I didn't know that you could sprinkle hemp seeds on your food and three tablespoons of hemp seeds has, you know, 10 grams of protein. And I think once you start to learn those things, it reassures you that it's like, oh, this is totally doable. I just needed to learn what I was doing. So that's kind of, you know, with protein. Um, with carbohydrates as well, um, same thing. It's just, it's just learning about how to go about it in a balanced way. Um, I say it's very easy for people to become like vegetarian or vegan, but just become carbitarians where it's like they just eat spaghetti and bread and it's like, well, that's vegan, right? Um, and so you do want to eat balanced. You want to get lots of your vegetables, you know, um, but again, not being so worried about carbs because carbs are good for us. They give us energy. Um, and I think to your point about how when you come from maybe more of a diet mentality, I see this all the time with clients, a diet mentality or an eating disorder, you're so afraid of eating real food or, or not counting calories, or it's like, oh my gosh, I could eat like, I could eat like a whole small avocado. Like that's not what's a like traditional serving size, but I could eat that and I, I would be okay. And so, you know, it's like, what if you just want to eat a whole small avocado as part of your snack? You're going to be fine. So I think the only way for people to get over that mentality is to move forward and to see that they can survive it and see that their body will not balloon up and that, in fact, they'll probably actually feel a lot of freedom and realize that they feel great. And, you know, I noticed personally when I was eating more kind of standard American diet, counting the calories, you know, doing my chicken breast and my broccoli and my brown rice and my, you know, high protein bars. I was always bloated. I was always constipated. I always felt like my weight fluctuated and went up and down and I was puffy. But moving towards a plant-based diet, I'm getting so much nutrients. My digestive system's like a ninja. Even if I eat too many like carrots and hummus, I'm fine the next day. Like my weight just, it just, maybe it flows a little bit here and there, but it's not a, it's not an extreme and it's, you'll, you just have to experience it for yourself. And I've seen it. So many of my clients and members have experienced the same thing. And really, no matter what anybody says to you, again, kind of that, like, uh, being able to, you know, overcome an eating disorder, you got to go through your own health journey. You just have to do it for yourself and experience how your body feels and changes um, on your own. Yes, I could not have said that better myself. We also like tend to fear about the unknown. So mm -hmm. whenever you're going about fearing, like what's going to happen when I eat the carbs, what's going to happen when even those whole foods, what's going to happen when I eat the carbohydrates, I totally get that. I totally get that fear because I had the same thing when I first started out. And I remember even crying about it sometimes. I would eat a meal, even if it was full of all whole foods, and I would just cry because I like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. But after I, 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 you know, I wiped my tears off, I was like, wow, well, I actually feel pretty good. It's just that emotional time where you're doing these transitional things. But then after a while, even for me, when I started doing it more and more, I was like, wow, nothing has changed except for benefits. I feel better. I'm less bloated. And that is absolutely true for me, at least, whenever I started eating less protein. Um, cause I was eating so much. I'm, Megan, I'm not even going to tell you how much I was eating. I'm not gonna <laughs> tell anyone how much I was eating, but it is an awful number. Maybe I'll tell you offline sometime, <laughs> but I was just like, cause you know, I was doing what my, t my coach said, he said, eat this much protein. And I was absolutely a meathead 
which is true. And that's, that can actually happen as you're so focused and driven and you're just walking around the gym with your arms (laughs) puffed out and you're just like angry looking. There's no lightness, no fun. That's how I got because it was so intense and I was always feeling bloated, which also made me upset. And speaking of digestion, so this is kind of a weird question, but um, I have... I, I know a few people, I have clients, this has happened to me too, but with digestion and it comes to being regular and having regular like bowel movements and everything, um, does that- Maddie, are we going to talk about poop? Can we talk about poop? Are you I okay would love to. Do you know that my nickname is the Poop Whisperer? <laughs> it is not. That is yes, so I've helped many clients get regular, so I'm oh very comfortable talking about bowel movements. Okay, awesome. Poop. Here we go. I'm super comfortable with this now. Um- <laughs> So when you become, you know, they're in my body, I'll talk about my body. Um, I can get very used to doing it a certain way. Like if I don't go, if I don't drink coffee between the hours of uh, seven and eight, then I kind of miss my, my poop window. Mm-hmm. And it's really weird. And it's even though I've been eating. So I actually have been eating much more plant based. I eat very little meat these days because I have been craving veggies and nutrients I really have. And that, I don't know if it's necessarily that I haven't uh, gotten off of my habit of drinking the coffee between seven and eight and then being able to go. So sometimes I wonder if like maybe I, I, you know, decrease the coffee amount and I allowed my body to just work out on its own and I'd go through like three days of feeling like constipated because it's not used used to its same schedule and routine of going at that certain time and mm-hmm. then it'll start to find its its own routine where it's more intuitive and it can go whenever it needs to go instead of having to rely on that you know little window every single morning yeah. um so it's kind of a weird question but I feel like I know some other people that struggle with the same thing of their body getting used to a certain time and if they're busy during that certain time where they don't sit correctly and sit this way and then roll over three times, then jump up and down, then they can't go. So (laughs) I'm curious what you have to say about getting your body used to going a certain way, but not wanting to, I mean, I don't want to live like that forever. I don't want to be trapped to this hour early in the morning. Sometimes I want to sleep in or go for a hike in the morning. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Go into the bathroom. Well, I think, you know, one thing with eating plant-based, anybody, and I'm sure you've experienced this obviously, but as you transition into eating more plant-based foods, your fiber intake is going to increase. And so you're naturally going to just have, it's going to, if you haven't been going to the bathroom, you're going to start going. Um, and it's just, it's a beautiful thing. If you've been constipated and you start going to the bathroom, you, you, you feel so different. And um, I think, you know, a lot of our body, our body likes routine. And so I think it's very normal for many people to have those times of day, specifically in the morning after tea or coffee or whatever, to go to the bathroom. And, you know, our body just likes routine. Part of it, I'm sure you've heard this, that it's like your um, gut is kind of like your second brain. And so it's also a little bit mental, too. I think if you're stressing about it, then, like, you can't go poop if you're stressed. And so if you're worried about it and trying to, you know, hit that window or whatever, that's going to kind of affect things as well. So I think one thing is just kind of relaxing about it a little bit. And it's not, it's, it's easier said than done. Um, but I think your body over time, it just gets into a rhythm. And I think from like personal experience, like, you know, same to you, like same as you, you have these times in the morning that you like to go to the bathroom. Um, but 
but as you don't worry about it as much, like you find having like bonus rounds in the day where it's like, oh, <laughs> like after lunch or like seven o'clock at night. That's such a random time. Why would that ever happen? But it just, it's like your body's like, eh, why not? And so I just, I, I don't have like a magic answer, but I do know when I was really worried about it, like literally obsessed about like, oh my gosh, I have to go at this time. What if I'm traveling? Should I, should I take something like my special teas with me or like worrying about it so much and then you're sitting there like come on come on come on go poop it doesn't mm-hmm. happen but if you sit there and you relax then it does and so I think you know I don't have a magic answer but I have just found personally that the more I kind of chill out about it um, your body just will get in a rhythm of going when it needs to go I think that makes a lot of sense so you wouldn't necessarily say that um, I mean would you advise that I don't ha- force myself to get up at a certain time to keep that time period going <laughs> No, I think, I mean, when I got to go, I got to go. I'm not hanging out in there for a long period of time. So it's like your body's going to tell you when you need to go to the bathroom. And I think if you try to force it, then, I mean, you get hemorrhoids. <laughs> like you don't want to be like forcing going to the bathroom if you don't have to. So like, you know, sleep in and it, it, our bodies are amazing. So if you sleep an extra hour, your body will either wake you up if it really has to go to the bathroom or you'll be fine and you'll get up an hour later and you'll go then. So, I mean, I think with everything, I mean, this just goes, this is one thing I'm really trying to work on. And I think it just applies in every facet of life and business and nutrition and health and all of that is we all just need to relax. Like everyone's so wound up and worried about everything and trying to have everything be perfect and just kind of relaxing a little bit, like lets everything flow the way it's supposed to. Yeah, that's really awesome. I like, I love that answer because I, I, it's funny that you said the specialty because even this, um, this past summer I went on a vacation and I took my specialty and I totally regretted it because it was way more powerful than I wanted it to be for a beach trip. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like at the same time I was like, yay, it's working. But then I was like, this is so stupid. I hate this. Why did I do this? Why yeah. am I not okay with not being in control? <laughs> like, Just let totally. it happen. Yeah. But I mean, and that's, that's life though. You know, it's like, especially if you've come from a past of um, having an eating disorder or any type of health frustration, it's like, those little moments can still creep up where you're just a little bit worried about like, oh my gosh, what if this doesn't happen or this doesn't, but um, somehow we all turn out okay. <laughs> right. So you listed one of the one of the tips for transitioning into plant-based, which is learning. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have a few more for us? Yeah. Um, I think, you know, one thing is focusing on, focusing on quality over quantity. So a lot of people that come from the diet mentality, it's very much of well, how many calories should I be getting? Or I'm really concerned about how much protein I should get in a day. I don't count calories. I don't worry about protein. If I find that I'm feeling hungrier or maybe lacking in energy, I'm like, hmm, maybe I need more more protein or maybe I need more B vitamins. And you know, you can kind of eat more of those types of foods. But not worrying so much about like, the quantity of like your nutrients and your calories and how much, um, you know, one thing that I help people with and, you know, a lot of our meal plans are all of our meal plans at our membership site. They, they're not calorie, uh, focused. They're just, you know, food and you can, you, it's learning to be intuitive with your eating. And it's like knowing how much is okay for you is what we really need to get to. And that's why I don't tell people how much to eat. I want them to go through that journey of figuring out what's right for them. And it's so freeing when you can get to that point. Um, and so focusing on like quality food, 
don't worry if an avocado has however many calories. If you want avocado, eat it. It's good for you and you're going to be fine. And it sounds, it's really hard to break that. It's not something that happens like overnight in a week. You just have to slowly like allow yourself to explore and eat the foods that maybe you're afraid of and maybe start in small portions, but just allow that in and focus always on just I'm choosing quality over quantity. I'm choosing foods that have lots of nutrients, even if maybe it has more calories than like this, like low sugar, low, you know, calorie bar. So that's always number one is like focusing on quality. Like I said, educating yourself. Um, and then also like eat foods that you enjoy. Like you mentioned this about greens. A lot of people think that if you eat healthy or plant-based, it's like you have really good willpower and you're eating foods you don't actually want to eat. But it's like, I love what I eat. I actually think that the food that I eat is more enjoyable than like, you know, fast food. Like I really like the foods that we create and the recipes and think they're so delicious. I, I don't have good willpower. I want to eat these types of foods. So finding plant-based foods that you enjoy will make it seem totally just like an awesome way to eat. You're not on a diet. You're just eating foods that you enjoy that happen to be good for you too. Um, and then the other things I mentioned like transitioning, we have like a transition, transitional plant-based meal program in our member sites, 90 days, and it helps people slowly kind of like eliminate, you know, maybe dairy and find good alternatives that are, you know, whole foods, not a lot of packaged things. But you don't have to go all or nothing. You can slowly make changes, see how your body adjusts, see how you feel about it. But if you transition, it's more likely to be a lifestyle. If you just are all or nothing, you're probably going to like, it's going to be like a honeymoon phase and you'll be really stoked about it for a couple weeks. Like, look what I'm doing. <laughs> and then a month later, you're going to freak out and probably go back and, you know, regress. So transitioning is really key. You want to really allow your time to adapt and learn and explore what you're doing. Um, and then the last thing that I have is just make your own, make your own rules and it's okay if you don't follow them. So with nutrition, it's sometimes a little bit frustrating how, how sensitive and emotional and personal everybody takes nutrition. It's like if you eat a certain way, someone else is like personally offended by that. And I just feel that like we all are unique individuals. Some of us maybe have diseases or autoimmune diseases or allergies. We all need to eat differently. There's actually not one single way to eat that's appropriate for every single person. And so we, we shouldn't judge each other so much for the food choices that we make. Figure out what works personally for you and be okay if you don't follow those all the time if one day you want to eat like cake then eat cake if you don't normally eat you know a lot of sweets or something and I think that knowing that it's like I'm doing what's best for me I'm not following necessarily any certain trending diet and it's fine if I sometimes just throw my ideas out the window and I just eat whatever sounds good so I think that that's important it's just really good to you know, have that freedom. And that really helps you not feel like you're dieting. It gets you out of that any eating disorder tendencies of needing to feel so strict, but just, you know, being really kind to yourself. Yes, those are amazing. Those are wonderful. So I'm gonna have to check out the uh, your program and these meal plans because they sound awesome. And personally speaking, I know that whenever I started eating more veggies and just plant based, Navi and just plant based, uh, I was feeling just much more satisfied and satiated and my energy shifted so much. And today when I have, if I want to have some meat, I'm totally cool with it. I don't have to anymore have to have the either eat no meat at all forever and ever or eat meat every single day, twice a day. 
It's mm-hmm. just like me eating what feels good. And if you had asked me three years ago if this ever would have been possible, I would have said no. But personally, now I'm just so fed up with diet culture and I'm so fed up with rules and having to live by a label that mm-hmm. it feels really good to finally be able to really just eat in a way that makes me feel best. And if I want to go months without eating meat, then that's cool too. But I will never have any shame for going outside of those boundaries or lines anymore because shame is what keeps you in a different kind of mentality. It's not about nourishment. It becomes a trap. So mm-hmm. I think that's really key is being able to take away that shame factor and just feed your body whole foods that feel really awesome to to yourself and to allow yourself to eat Anything and everything when you want it, when you crave it, you know, and if that's vegetable vegetables, then that's awesome. If that's fruit, that's awesome. If it's meat, that's great. But just finding what you enjoy and staying true to yourself. Yeah. And I think, you know, your comment about eating anything and everything, I'll comment on that because I could even maybe uh, think of people listening or like, well, does that mean that I could just go eat like a bunch of Slurpees if I'm craving them? <laughs> and I guess drinking a bunch of Slurpees. Do you, do, do you know what Slurpees are? Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. I'm not sure. Sometimes I have things from my childhood that I'm not <laughs> sure if they're like universal. Um, so, but yeah, so I mean, one thing that like I like to do is we have lots of different recipes. You know, I, I in our, we put up weekly cooking videos and then we also have like our meal plans and recipes exclusive to our member site. But I make dessert. I eat dessert. I eat pancakes. I eat all sorts of things. So if I'm craving pancakes, it doesn't mean that I need to like just run down to IHOP and eat a bunch of maybe pancakes that actually will probably make me feel sick because mm-hmm. of the quality of ingredients. I just, that's going back to the quality. It's like eat what you want, but just try to make it quality. Because even if you're having a cupcake, at least it's like there's no chemicals in there. It's maybe sugar, it's calories, it's fat, blah, blah, blah. But at least it's like cleaner ingredients. And if you eat cleaner ingredients, you're going to not have those food hangovers. You're not going to get a headache. And those are the kind of negative side effects that then make you go like, see, I shouldn't have eaten that. And I like having a cupcake and the next day being like feeling great and being like, Remember that cupcake I ate yesterday? It was so good. <laughs> Not worrying about, you know, having a headache or bloating or food hangover the next day. So eat what you want, but again, just try to keep it more quality ingredients and you'll keep your body in that like nice ninja digestive mode. Yeah, I completely agree with you there. Um, so I could pretty much talk to you all day long, but we're coming <laughs> up on the hour here and we have a quick fire round. So I'm going to just like fire some questions at you exciting um but before we do that can you give i will have the links to all of your uh, social media and your website on my on the show notes for this at maddiemoon.com slash mbm65 but go ahead and tell everyone where they can find you in case they're in the car or not where they're online Sure. So our website is healthygrocerygirl.com. Our YouTube channel is just youtube.com slash healthygrocerygirl. Facebook, healthygrocerygirl. Instagram, healthygrocerygirl. That's pretty much where you can find us online. Awesome. So are you ready for the quick fire round? Yes. Okay, here we go. Number one, when you hear body freedom, what does that mean to you? Oh, body freedom. I have to be fast, right? Um, it just means smiling, being happy, not worrying about what I'm eating, enjoying life. That's so cute. I love it. Uh, what's a current book that you're reading or what's just a book that you love and you recommend? Oh, I'm reading right now the 100 best business books of all time. It's for my continuing ed credits as an RD, but it's like 100 best business books, Cliff Notes version. Oh, wow. I'm going to check that out. Um, who is your biggest inspiration, dead or alive? Okay, I'm going to say, can I give two? Yeah. Okay, so one is Eleanor Roosevelt because I'm related to her and I'm very inspired by her just 
braveness in history. Um, I guess another person would be, I mean, can I give you three? I like a lot of people. Lucille Ball, I think she's amazing Mm -hmm. um, and like entertainment and all of that. And I also really look up to like someone like Rachel Ray who just has this empire with cooking and all of that field. Oh, I love all those women. Uh, Okay, so now can you share a good quote with us? Oh, gosh. Well, the first one comes to mind. Every This isn't like everyone's heard this before. It's just do what you love and love what you do. Mm-hmm. What's a future dream that you're working towards? Um, a future dream that I'm working towards is having our own show, whether um, on a network or maybe Hulu or Netflix or something, and producing that ourselves in our own home studio on some acreage that my husband and I buy as our children run around and we have an <laughs> orange truck. <laughs> I love it. What's your favorite way to distress? Going on long walks and talks with my husband. Mm. What is a country that you have visited and loved or a country you want to visit? I have visited London and I loved it. I have not visited New Zealand and I would love to. That's where we want to go. What is is the change that you want to see in the world? I think I would just like more people to, to be okay with themselves and just accept themselves. Word. What would your last meal be? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, gosh. Probably tacos. I love tacos. Oh, yeah. What would be inside of the tacos? Um, probably black beans, spicy roasted sweet potatoes, tons of guacamole, lettuce, carrots, sunflower seeds, olives, cashew cream sauce. Oh, my God. That sounds... That sounds like not even real. It sounds like a unicorn. <laughs> it a so unicorn good. meal. Um, what is one resource, either a product, person, song, movie, anything you want, that you want my listeners to know about? Um, well, I, I guess I'm going to plug. Can I plug myself? Oh, yeah. Go for it. <laughs> this is the first thing that comes to mind. Um, our YouTube channel. People, you know, if you want free things, our YouTube channel, we put up free, awesome videos every single week. And subscribe. Yeah, definitely. Megan, you're killing it. You're killing it in the online space. And I just love, I love your philosophy because it's not about a diet. It's about really feeling your body and, and, and feeling nourished and just balanced and being compassionate towards yourself, which is the best message out there today. So thank you for doing what you do. And thank you for coming on this show. This was such a great talk. And I just really look forward to sharing it with everyone and giving some people some insight on plant-based dietetics <laughs> well thank you so much for having me it was a complete honor thank you for joining me today on the mind body musings podcast if you want to know more about ending obsessive dieting and exercise addiction go to my website maddymoon.com m-a-d-d-y moon.com and sign up for my free book 10 proven steps for ending any diet obsession you can also become a patron of the show and support my work by going to maddymoon.com slash pledge and receive a mention on the podcast by donating as little as one dollar per episode continue to seek freedom within your body friends and i will see you next week